everyone, and welcome to the first half of a two-part CCA on the air. I'm Laura Schuler, a strategy director at Complete College America, and joining me today is Elizabeth Tanner, who goes by Buffy Tanner, who's the director of innovation and special projects at Shasta College in Redding, California. It's great to have you on. Thank you for so much for being here today. Be here. Thanks for having me, Laura. Yeah. So can you can you just tell us a little bit about Shasta College, sort of the region of California that you serve and about your job? What is a director of innovation? Sure. Shasta College um, is the largest uh, California community college north of, of Sacramento, and it serves a three county region. In fact, our three counties encompass 10,000 square miles. And a lot of those square miles are very rural areas, uh, Shasta, Siskiyou, I'm sorry, Shasta, Trinity and Tehama counties. Um, and some areas of Trinity are actually classified as frontier because they are so remote and so rural. Wow. Um, we have about a quarter of a million people in that 10,000 square miles. So we're not densely populated but we're the, the largest city north of Sacramento as well. And, um, and the population is about 91,000 people. Okay. Um, our, our previous, we're the only public institution of higher, higher education in that three county as well. We serve an area where the, the previous generation's economy was largely built on resource extraction. So you could have a really well-paying job working for the mills, working for the mines, without even a high school education, a high school okay. diploma. And that um, kind of attitude of you don't need a lot of higher education is, is still fairly prevalent in our community. However, now the living wage jobs tend to be with education, with healthcare, um, with government and these areas, you do need some sort of credential beyond high school. Um, we do still have one operating mill that provides very much living wage occupations, but it's a fraction of what we used to have in terms of those kinds of jobs. We also discovered in about 2015 that 31% of our adults over the age of 25 had some college but no degree. So innovation um, at Shasta College is that our department um, came about because we were recognized by the state of California for doing some pretty innovative things with our dual enrollment program in high schools, offering college coursework in high schools. And the state recognized us with some money for that. And from that, we developed um, completion programs for adult learners and the state recognized us with some money for that. <laughs> and so we're able to leverage those dollars for our department. And as the director of innovation and special projects, we are largely focusing on the some college with no degree or no credential population. But a lot of what we're learning has a lot of trickle down effects for the general population at campus sure. as well. So my job is great because <laughs> I get to work on different initiatives that operate campus wide that involve faculty, administrators, staff all over the campus. Um, and the initiative will change in a couple years and we'll do another new project and then figure out how we can um, integrate it into the regular operations of the campus. 
wow, that's both exciting and a little bit scary. And <laughs> but that does sound uh, like great fun. So you mentioned this this population, this sort of uh, really special population of of adult learners who who have some credits but no credential or degree. Um, and I guess I want to just before thinking too much about the best way to meet the needs of our adult learners, I, I'm hoping that you can help our, our listeners by describing what you think of as the traditional model of instructional delivery, right? And then explain why some of the components of that model might not actually be so great for adult learners. Absolutely. So community colleges have long been a fabulous place um, and we've often thought of them as great places for students who are coming out of high school who aren't sure what they want to major in. And because it's not um, a high cost proposition in California, California community colleges are, are $46 per unit, and um, a large percentage of our students qualify for something called the California College Promise Grant, which waives that $46 per unit. It's seen as a great place for a student to come and explore and discover yourself and figure out what are your passions, what are your interests. And again, historically, that has largely been done in in-person classes during the daytime where you might have one class that meets Monday, Wednesday from 10 to 12 and another class that meets Tuesday, Thursday from two to four in the afternoon. Um, another class that meets Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday um, from, from nine to 10. And so, um, which works if you are 18 or 19 years old, living at home, maybe working a part-time job, um, and don't have other responsibilities. If you are an adult um, <laughs> and you are working full time and you are raising your family, you have constraints that one, you generally don't have time or resources to explore your passions and your interests. Either you know what your passion or your interest is, or you want to find out very quickly what it is. Right. <laughs> And you don't have the flexibility to take classes during the daytime often. And even if you have the flexibility to take classes during the daytime, if you have kids, you don't necessarily have the flexibility to have your class schedule change every semester so that you have to figure out daycare for your kiddos um, and have that change each term. So those are constraints that our historical institutions, particularly public institutions of higher education, have, have put the, the learning adult under. It's either yeah. you can choose between your family and your work or school, but it's very difficult to do both. We all know people who have done both and they've made it work and they are extraordinary. But our view is you shouldn't have to be extraordinary to get a certificate or an associate's degree from a community college. It's okay to be average and get that certificate. Or, or at least pretty <laughs> good, right? Like, but yeah, just you should be able to be, you just don't have to be Superman or Superwoman. Right. So if we, if we know what's not really working, uh, what are some things that we have seen that have been really helpful, right? There is some hope here, right? <laughs> Definitely is some hope. And um, depending on your population and your location where your school is and, um, and, the, and the population around you, um, for, for some locations, 
offering classes in the evening, offering classes on Saturdays can work really well for a lot of folks. Um, not everybody, but that that can often work really well for people maybe who are working full-time, maybe not people who are parents, but are, who are working full-time can take classes in the evening and on weekends. Um, and, and as long as they know that the classes are always going to be on the evenings and weekends. For other people, particularly parents, student parents, um, online classes, which aren't necessarily always students' first choice, like a lot of them would like to have classes in person for the contact with other people. But realistically, online classes offer the most flexibility for them schedule-wise so that they can prioritize their kids because they're always going to prioritize their kids. As well um, they should. Well they I, would should. Just like to, I would just like to put in my vote <laughs> for that, yes. Absolutely. Um, and, and manage their work schedules and do their schooling. Often what happens is they, they work during the day, they do their kids' re- routines in the evenings, and then after their kids are in bed, then they hop on the computer and start doing their own homework. Um, so that's one element. We're, we're also seeing some success with um, hybrid classes or sometimes called high flex class. Well, hybrid and high flex are different. Hybrid classes where maybe early an online course, but one night a week, the students meet synchronously online at the same time. So there is that opportunity to interact with each other. There's another method called high flex where students have the option to be in person in a classroom or logging on remotely at the same time as the in-students are, or the classes and the classes recorded so that if a student is not able to participate at that time and day, they can still access what happened and see the discussion that happened between the students as well as whatever information the instructor um, presented. Um, We don't offer high flex at this particular institution. We're doing lots of online, um, and we do some hybrid as well. We, um, we also see that if you're going to do any sort of hybrid or in-person elements, that if you keep the, the schedule consistent from term to term, that is extraordinarily helpful, helpful for oh, adult that learners. That makes sense, right? Because once they plan, like you were mentioning before with the with childcare, but also with work schedules. If you know, exactly. for example, every I'm gonna from now until I finish this program, I'm gonna need my Tuesday and Thursday evenings free, and I can plan exactly. on that. Yeah, right, right. Um, we're also seeing a lot of success using compressed classes, um, and classes. I mean, shorter length classes than the regular length term. So, for instance, at Shasta College, we have a 17 week semester for fall and for spring. Okay. We use eight week compressed classes, what we call block A, the first eight weeks of the term and block B, the last eight weeks of the term. Um, And we offer classes in that format because if a student wants to be full time, and they take regular full-length semester classes, they have to juggle four subjects, four teachers, four sets of textbooks, four sets of assignments, four, um, you know, four sets of finals at the same time on top of their work schedule, on top of their kids and their kids' activities. And that is just so much. So we're seeing success with the compressed classes because students can take two classes 
in the first block and two classes in the second block, it's fewer things for them to juggle. It's still a lot. Not going to lie. Right. That's still Still, full time. The intensity is high. The intensity is high. The amount of hours that you have to spend on the classes is the same as if you were taking four classes, but you have fewer things to focus on. Right. Um, So so it allows a student to be full-time, which allows them to access financial aid as a full-time student, which can make a huge difference for a student staying in school. It allows them to be full-time for access to certain student support programs, like the Extended Opportunities Program Services, EOPS, that's available through California Community College, which is a wonderful um, support program for students who come from educationally or or economically uh, disadvantaged backgrounds. And and almost more importantly, actually make progress through their degree. Right. That's the thing. Too, if you, right? if, yes, if you take 12 units per semester and you take six units in the summer, you can get through your associate's degree in two years. An associate's degree is known as a two-year degree. Right. Whereas if you did what most adult learners do, if you're looking at taking full-term classes, which is take one, maybe two classes a term, if you only take one class a term, it's going to take you seven years to finish that two-year associate's degree. (laughs) If you take two classes a term, it'll take you a little bit less, but still. Um, And even using compressed classes, if a student says, you know what, two classes per block is too much for me. I'm just going to take one class each block. They're still getting two classes completed each term instead of of just one. We also see that with adult learners, the compressed classes work really well because life happens with adult learners with much more regularity and intensity than it does your traditional age 18 to 22 year old student. And so if a student is in week 11 of the semester and their parent gets very ill and they need to go be the caretaker for their parent or intervene at the hospital for a week or two. You know, if, if you're in a regular semester class, that's very difficult to recover from. But if you're in compressed classes and you feel like, oh, I need to drop this class. Well, you've already completed one class that semester. So you've got those units in the bank on your transcript. Right. So you're not losing your entire semester. Yeah, I love this is in terms of unexpected things, like you mentioned, right? The uh, having to take care of our p- parent, but also for planning things. I mean, I, I think about you being in a in a rural community, and I have to tell you, I'm I'm coming to you from <laughs> Walla Walla, Washington, uh, where we have lots of agricultural things happening, and sometimes the traditional calendar doesn't work out, right? Uh, people need to be out doing harvest, or they they might. And, and being able to lose one block instead of an entire semester just seems really appealing. <laughs> Makes a huge difference. Um, we also, with our program, um, make a huge effort to ensure that every single course that the student needs for their degree pathway or their certificate pathway will be offered when we say it's going to be offered. So we actually map out the comprehensive set of requirements major requirements plus general education classes over that two-year period. And so we can we can effectively say to a student, and we actually have courses mapped out for several years in the future, all the way until 2026 right now. So we can say to a student, 
the classes that we put onto your, your individualized education plan that show you how you're going to get from the start to the end of this program, those classes will be offered. That's huge because there are programs offered for adult learners where they will offer the major courses in a format that is adult friendly. And then basically say, well, you'll have to figure out how to get your general education done. Or they'll offer the general education courses in an adult-friendly manner. And then they say, well, you'll have to figure out how to do your major classes. (laughs) I'm like, no, you have to offer everything in an adult-friendly manner. Um, The other element that we, um, is one of our biggest secret sauces for the program um, that we offer is, is case management and support for the students. So we have um, a staff coordinator for the program. Her name is Janet. I'm, I'm going to oh, stop go you for just a second, okay. if that's okay. Right. No, yes. I, no you, you're talking about the program. And I just want to oh, yes. clarify for our listeners what the program is. So we're not talking about all of Shasta College here, right? We're Correct. talking about something that's really specific for adult learners. So can you just sort of clarify that for us really quickly? At Shasta College in 2016, we debuted a program called ACE, Accelerated College Education. And the idea behind ACE is that we were going to very specifically target um, working adulting learners, working parenting students um, who needed to complete their associate's degree. We started with two pathways, an associate's degree in psychology and an associate's degree in business. Um, Those were two largest majors, two most popular majors. Um, so we knew that we could, we could offer coursework in this format and not, and not potentially pull away enrollments from the rest of, of the general population. And the classes are structured using compressed classes and comprehensive pathways with case management. And at that time, because the, in, the initial of the program was classes were offered Tuesday, Thursday evenings from six to nine, half of the classes were offered Tuesday, Thursday evenings, and half of the classes were offered online. Okay. So the initial program, also because we had very limited classes, had a very strong cohort element to it. Okay. Students started the program and they stayed with that same group of students all the way through. We had tremendous success with that program, but we also, with that first program said, hey, we're going to we're going to let the students just keep going even through breaks, you know? So we had classes starting in one semester and ending in another semester. And um, on paper, it looked like a great idea. And, and then started getting some feedback from not only the students that were like, you know, they're running the whole time. And they're like, do we, do we ever get to stop running? And <laughs> take a breath. <laughs> we need to take a breath. <laughs> and we also got some feedback from some other um, departments on campus that that made life incredibly difficult, not only for the students, but for, for our departments, such as financial aid. Um, and so we, we modified the program to what it is now with the eight-week block courses and that start and end within the regular terms. Um, okay. So I'm sure your issue. financial aid people are delighted with this new much, uh, iteration. Much happier. <laughs> yes. Um, and the students were too. The students were like, oh, thank goodness, because, you know, my students are out of school during the, you know, the, like the Christmas holidays between um, fall and spring oh, semesters. Right. Right. And so um, the, the 
other big change is that we did move away from the in-person classes. And that was um, largely as a result of the student feedback that we got. Um, the students would start the program and they would always be very initially appreciative of the fact that we had in-person classes because they would say, oh, you know, I'm so nervous about getting back into school. And so I'm, I'm glad that you have in-person because that's how I did school way back when. Some students had never been to college, and so they were grateful for in-person classes. But what would happen is they would take their first set of two classes, the in-person and the online class, and they would do really well. And then they would come back into our office and they would say, hey, I, college rock star, now how manageable it is to do online classes. And it's so it's so much easier to work with the rest of my life. I would like to take the rest of my classes online, please. And we would say, well, that's not the way the program's structured. So you still are going to be in class from Tuesday to Thursday night from six to nine. Yeah. So, <laughs> right. So over time, we did shift. Um, and now about 95% of our classes are online, um, wow. which allows for much more flexibility for our students. Um and we also have expanded now. We have four different certificate programs that we offer and nine different associate's degree pathways that we offer. So there are a lot more classes to choose from, mm. um, which is also much more um, flexible and efficient for students who do have some college already completed because we can- Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Pick and pull classes from various pathways to, to fill in the holes if they've already taken a class um, 10 years ago. But the one element of the program that did sort of get watered down through that is the cohort element. Um, we've, we've lost a bit of that. Students still see in their major classes, this, some of the same students pop mm -hmm. up, but it's not, it's not as strong as it used to be. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that makes a lot of sense, right? Like what you gain in flexibility right? It, you lose in everybody doing all the same thing, right? I mean, the, this they are absolutely um, at odds with each other. Exactly. So yeah, I appreciate that, uh, that there's some real strength in the cohorting, but that that limits, right? So like you mentioned, if you want to really take advantage of, of credits that a student brings with them when they start, well, then they're not all starting in the same place, right? Exactly. And so um, and that's really hard. So I before I sort of interrupted you and moved you back to get you to describe this particular program, you were talking about um, your secret sauce and you sort of referred to it again. And I just want to come back to it just for a second. So, so when you say you use this sort of this case management mindset, what does that mean? So what that means is that we are watching the students and we are monitoring them <laughs> all the time. It's not, um, <laughs> it sounds nefarious, but it's really not. Um, it means, uh, so we have our, our program coordinator, Janet Hubbard, who is just amazing with students. Phenomenal. Okay, big shout out to Janet right there. Okay. Big, huge shout out to Janet. If if every student had a, had a Janet, we wouldn't have retention problems. We wouldn't have graduation problems. <laughs> we would still have students who needed to take a break from school sometimes, but Janet would be calling them and getting them <laughs> to come back to school when they said they were going to come back. Uh, she's amazing. So, so a couple things about her. One is that we tell the students, you have one point of contact. It doesn't matter what your question is. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about trying to find the right office on campus. You just call Janet. 
and Janet can answer the bulk of their questions um, because the bulk of their questions have to do with, oh, my financial aid is, is wonky and it's hung up and she has access to the financial aid screen so she can explain to them, oh, this is what's happening. You need to do X, Y, and Z. Do you need any help with that process? And they might say, right. yes. So she'll walk them through the process. Or I'm not sure how to register for my classes. She will walk them through the process. Um, or, you know, I'm trying to locate my instructor and um, Janet might intervene on their behalf to make sure that they, they're connecting. Um, so, so she is their support person. She's their cheerleader. She is the, she holds them accountable. Um, she answers questions. If she doesn't know the answer, she will figure out exactly who the student needs to speak to on campus and even kind of prep the student on, okay, when you speak to this person, this is their name. These are the questions that you want to ask. And I'm going to follow up with you um, in what? one day, two days, when do you think you're going to be able to reach out to, okay, I'll follow up with you in two days to see if the situation is resolved. And she does. Yeah, um, it's like, it's like what we call 360 degree coaching, right? Like just all exactly. the way around services. Just yeah, that's all great. the way around um, connecting them with outside community resources, as well as campus resources. Um, but to do that is very staff and time intensive. And so she has worked with our IT department do things like, hey, she asked, could you build me a report that shows me when an, an A student registers for classes or drops classes so that she doesn't have to be looking up each individual student's record? I see. So each morning, she gets this automatic um, report that's emailed to her that she can see, oh, this student dropped classes, but she can also see in the same report, oh, this student, all they did was they dropped one section and they added a different section with a different instructor that's fine. But if she can see, oh, they dropped classes and they didn't re-enroll in anything, or they dropped classes and enrolled in things that are like way outside. Not on their map, right? (laughs) And she can get on the phone with them or email them and say, hey, what you doing? Why'd you do that? (laughs) Um, and, And so it's very difficult for students to fall through the cracks. And then at the end of each term, she's, or actually at the end of each eight-week block, she's checking grades. She's checking each term that the students register in the classes they're supposed to. If she sees that they're getting off from their ed plan, then she reaches out and says, we need to set up an appointment with our ACE counselor for you so that you can get back on track with your academics. Or did you change your mind? Are you, do you want to pursue a different program? So, so there's, literally very difficult for a student to drop through the cracks unless they are really trying hard to do that. (laughs) Buffy, this has been so fun. Thank you for joining me today. And I can't wait to continue our conversation next time. To our listeners, thank you so much for joining us today on CCA on the Air. For more information about our work, please visit our website at completecollege.org. Remember to tune in next time for the second half of our discussion with Buffy to hear more about the great work that is happening at Shasta College. Thank you.